You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing? All right, let's get into the B2B Marketing Mindset, shall we? I'm Pete Monfrey and my co-host Bill Lowell is off today. Uh, so, you get me wearing a tie. Bill always wears a tie and I feel so underdressed. Oh, I almost forgot something. Got to turn on the high-tech technology uh, that we pride ourselves here on the B2B Marketing Mindset. Check it out. 1996 iMac works great. Although that's really the only thing it can do. So every week we go live on LinkedIn to help businesses, you, uh, make better marketing decisions. Today we're talking about red flags to watch out for when you're hiring a marketer or a marketing firm or a freelancer or your nephew, whatever. Uh, as usual, there's a lot more information on this topic at b2bmarketingmindset.com. Want to thank our producer, Enzo, uh, for um, maintaining that website um, and helping us make this thing happen. I encourage you to check that out. We always put a lot more information that we can cover here. Uh, but today we're going to be covering six key points to help you avoid getting taken to the cleaners, which happens far too often in my experience. And one of the main reasons I started blogging about 15 years ago and then about a year ago I started this podcast is to help you avoid these fly-by-night, seat-of-the-pants, hustlers, liars, and thieves, oh my, uh, that seem to be attracted to marketing like Joe Biden is to steep staircases. <laughs> oh... Let's ring the bell on that one. You know, it's, uh, no, seriously, though, it's it's really hard because, you know, you rely, the, re, the whole reason you're bringing somebody in is because maybe you don't have the expertise and you want to bring that expertise in. So it does put you at kind of a natural disadvantage and it makes it especially difficult to kind of see through the smooth talk and the slick websites and, and all that stuff. Uh, in, in fact, I'm going to admit, I, I just made the same mistake with a roofing company. They were referred to me by somebody that I trusted. And uh, I failed to do my homework, and um, we relied on them. They seemed very competent and uh, trustworthy. And now I have a roof that needs a total tear-off and redo. So even I fall for this sometimes. It's hard. So don't feel bad about it. Uh, but just uh, let us help you. So, uh, you know, I wish there was a roofing podcast to help me, you know, better understand the topic. Hmm. Maybe somebody out there can start that uh but let's jump right in shall we um again b2bmarketingmindset.com every thursday here on linkedin and everywhere fine podcasts are consumed so our first point um is the one size fits all approach and what i mean by that is if you're if the marketer you're considering uh puts forth a proposal or even a plan after just conversing with you for a half hour or an hour or two hours, um, that's a red flag, okay? There's no way that they can understand your business in that period of time, uh, and you can be assured that you're getting a boilerplate uh, plan or proposal, okay? Because what worked for somebody else isn't necessarily going to work for you. And let's say that, let's use roofing as an example. Now, we don't work with roofing companies uh, that aren't a good fit for us. In fact, a lot of companies aren't a good fit for us. Um, that's, that's another thing to be aware of. We, we, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later in the program. But 
uh, case of roofing companies, um, there are, you know, or any vertical, there are companies that, let's say, do websites or do marketing plans just for that vertical. And so you think, well, if it worked for XYZ roofing company, it's going to work for my roofing company. No. Okay. Your company, every single company is unique. All right. Your circumstances are unique. Your offerings are unique. Uh, the marketplace is unique. And so there is a lot to it. And marketing's become a very complex uh, endeavor. And so a couple hours of conversation really aren't going to cut it. Um, what you want to watch for is a good marketer is going to be intensely curious. They're going to ask you a lot of questions. Um, there's going to be an intense period of time. And for us anyway, we spend a lot of time understanding the client's business and we can't do that for free. Now, what we do instead is we, we uh, offer a diagnostic, which is very nominally priced. We don't really make money on that, but it allows us to spend the time required to really understand what's going on and then give you recommendations that uh, you can be sure are going to be on the mark for your company. Um, we don't do anything boilerplate around here. Don't use AI. We don't go out of the United States. Uh, it's uh, We're a very high-touch uh, type of business. So another thing to watch out for is marketing packages that are sort of small, medium, and large. Now, there are some things that, that it's okay. Let's say websites, you know. Uh, I know that our sponsor, Heidi Designs, they're rolling out packages of, of a basic website, sort of a mid-tier website and a more advanced website. Um, websites are different than marketing, right? It's because every company is unique, it's very hard to say small, medium, and large. Okay, so if you see that kind of stuff, you know, run because one-size-fits-all approach is not going to work. I mean, it, look, it's hard enough for a custom bespoke Bespoke. Don't you like that word? That's that's the new word for custom. Bespoke. Uh, it's hard enough for that to even uh, you know produce results these days with, with today's marketplace. So uh, boilerplate's it's just not going to work for you. Not worth the money. Uh, too good to be true pricing. Okay, I think this applies to almost every type of business. But I think the problem with marketing is. Uh, clients don't understand what it should cost, right? It happens all the time when we're talking to people who say, hey, look, you know, what what is your expected budget um, for this project? And, uh, oh, that's better. There was a fan on blowing and it's probably making noise. Um, and, they're, and they honestly say, you know, well, we're not sure. And I know it's, it's not a negotiating tactic. They really don't know because pricing can be just absolutely all over the place. But rule of thumb, it seems too good to be true. It probably is, right? So let's give you an example. Um, PR firms, right? I've heard of clients that are paying $500 a month for a PR firm, okay? Uh, now, we've run these types of businesses for a long time, three decades. And so we know what things cost. We know what our operating costs are. And let's say that that PR firm is a small, maybe even a home-based business, right? Uh, $500 a month is lucky if you're going to get four hours a month from that company, maybe five. If they're, if they're, if they're not making money and they don't know their costs, maybe you'll get six hours a month. Um, it doesn't buy anything, $500 a month. I see SEO companies, 500 a month, uh, websites, $45 a month. Okay. There are some big catches with that. All right. We'll talk about that a little bit more too. Um, 
This is a low ball strategy where it's, it's designed, of course, to, to capture you and bring you in. It's often combined with uh, uh, controlling the assets so that it makes it really hard to move away from them. Because if they're charging you a couple hundred bucks a month, they need to trap you so that you can stay for three or four years before they actually make any money. And all of this is, in my opinion, is unethical. It's not good for the client. We don't do it. Uh, and they are huge red flags. Um, when they're lowballing, it, it could also mean that they don't have a lot of experience, right? Because people that are good at this, they don't have to lowball, all right? They are busy. Uh, they can command what price they require. And um, what it really means is if they're lowballing it, they're either going to be hitting you with change orders, kind of nickel and diming you all the time, or it's because they're new to the field when they don't really know what they're doing. Let me give you an example. This is uh, always cracks me up, but I can just find dozens of these. And I've done entire programs about this. This is from uh, Reddit, which is a great place to have 14-year-olds tell you how to run your business. Um, but this one really stood out to me because this person is very, is a, you know, kudos to, to them for being honest. Basically bullshitted his way into a marketing leadership position. They have only theoretical experience or very little practical experience. They're making $160,000 and they're going to move their, their uh, family across the country uh, for a job that is basically to build their marketing team. Doesn't think he can pull it off. Well, buddy, I can tell you something. You can't pull it off. And what he's really trying to do is learn on your dime. You don't want marketers learning on your dime, okay? You don't, you're not looking to, for, uh, you're not running a, a school, you're running a business. And so um, that's usually what comes along with, a, you know, a ridiculously low prices. So make sure you know what you're getting. Um, you know, ask around to see what things cost. If you're curious about what things cost, you know, shoot me a message. We know what everything costs and we're going to be honest with you. Um, it doesn't matter if you hire us or not. We don't, we're not that way. Um, but a lot of times, You'll also get with this low low price thing. There'll be a time limit. You know, you got to buy by tomorrow, uh, or very hard sell uh, techniques. And what it what it tells you is they're not really interested in solving your problem, right? They're they're interested in getting whatever small amount of money that you might have, and then replacing you as a client as quickly as possible. So it sounds too good to be true. Probably is. Um, lack of transparency. This one gets me every time. Um, we're very transparent. Um, and I hate to make this about us and them or, you know, it, look, there's a lot of really good agencies out there. Okay. But unfortunately there's a lot more that aren't so good and it could be intentional or it could be just that they don't know any better. Who knows? Uh, but a lack of transparency. So here's a test that you can use. Ask your marketer or your marketing firm or whoever you're, you're considering to draw their, how they solve your uh, marketing problems, draw their process on the whiteboard. Okay, have them draw it out on the whiteboard. Um, if they can't, uh, run. Don't hire them. Okay, they should be able to tell you succinctly how they solve marketing problems for their clients. Um, marketing is a lot about process. And so if they don't really have a, a, a process that they can communicate, you got to wonder about their communication skills too. But um, that's definitely a red flag. If they're talking a lot about if they're sort of acting like what they do is kind of secret and it's proprietary and they can't really share it and um, they won't 
you know, they sort of act like it's magic or you couldn't possibly understand it. Again, red flags. Uh, it's not. Marketing is really not that difficult to understand. It's time consuming. It's tedious uh, sometimes. Uh, it involves a whole lot of different skill sets more than any other function of your business. So it, it can be hard to do it and implement it, but it isn't hard to understand. All right. It's the same process that any kind of consulting use. You assess the situation, you identify gaps, you figure out what information people processes need to be brought to close the gaps, and then you have, uh, you execute, all right? Same process for every single problem that you solve in your business. Uh, and if, if, if a company comes in and they just, their first step is we're just gonna brainstorm, gonna brainstorm. Cows with sunglasses, you know, uh, that's not a, not a solid process. What are you looking at me like that for? You know, you don't like you don't like this. What about the pointing or the little gun shooty thing? No, none of that. I'm old. We used to do the gun pointy shooting thing all the time, buddy. You missed those days. All right. Um, a lot of buzzwords, uh, kind of inscrutable language, industry insider type language, secret formula, creating synergy, bespoke campaigns. I love. One of the things that I think is funny, I mean, it's sad, but I still think it's funny, is everything new is something old that's been basically renamed, okay? That's, that's, what, that's what happens. Uh, you know, marketing's a pretty established field, and there's not a whole lot of new things. Now, there's new tools, right? And there's new ways of looking at it. Um, but if you, if, you, if you know your history and you'll, and you'll go back and read the books, you'll see that things just kind of get recycled and renamed. So if you're hearing a lot of buzzwords, you don't understand what they're talking about, and they're not willing to explain it. Again, those are those are big red flags. What they're basically doing is they're they're counting on you to be confused, and you don't want to be confused. All right. Controlling assets. This is another one. So I mentioned the fifty dollar a month website deal, and uh, you know website a website is a tactic. It's not really marketing. It's part of marketing, but you know. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not really marketing, um, but we'll just use it as an example um, because this happens all the time. 50 bucks a month, but they're going to hard code your website. In other words, they're not going to use open source. And look, love it or hate it, WordPress is the worldwide standard for developing websites. Yes, people use Drupal. Yes, people use uh, everything from HubSpot, Squarespace, blah, 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 all closed systems that you can't operate. And that's by design. They don't want you to have access to your assets. Google Analytics is another one. If they're using their own Google Analytics instead of asking you to give them access to your analytics that you control or the website, you should have your own hosting, right? You should control your own domains, you control your own social media, and you give them access so that you can turn that access off when you need it. Otherwise, you end up being held hostage. And uh, I did just see another post about this exact uh, issue. I didn't load it up into the system, but uh, I was talking about, you know, please help um, our, our, our agency isn't returning our calls. We cannot access our website. They won't give us the password. What can we do? Unfortunately, the answer is nothing. Uh, what you should have done is made sure you controlled uh, all of your own assets. Uh, another one I saw was using like using the agency's pixel instead of your pixel 
or using the agency's Facebook business account instead of using your business account, right? All of these things are designed to trap you. They're unethical, shouldn't happen, happens all the time. It's a big drag. So ask, ask about it. How do they do it? What do they prefer? Okay, if it's something that is anything other than, hey, look, you control it, you own it. Um, AdWords are another example. If they're billing a fee that includes their management and uh, the media buy all in one, let's say, flat fee, and they're not really disclosing how much goes to management, how much goes to media, um, of course, they're going to want to get paid in advance, which by itself is not really a red flag. Agencies aren't banks, right? So, um, you know, we shoulder an awful lot of risk. And so advanced payment really isn't a red flag. But in the case of AdWords, uh, that's something that you should have your own account, should be billing your credit card directly, uh, and then you pay the uh, fee to the agency, keeps everybody honest, gives you control. And then you can see exactly what uh, what's going on there. So, um, and hey, if you don't have the uh, expertise in house, you know it's you can hire an expert to come in and audit your uh, what's happening in your marketing. If you're not sure, uh, again, we do this all the time. We call it a diagnostic. We do something called the master marketing X-ray, where if you're not sure, you don't know if if you're being taken for a ride, or or you're not getting the results that you. Uh, want or, or demand, but you're not sure why, we can figure it out really fast. Uh, and it doesn't matter if you work with us or not, but we're going to tell you what's broken, how to fix it, and we're going to advise you on what to do about it. A lot of times we actually help these clients, you know, we're not right for them as an agency, we'll help them find the right partner. And that's, you know, that's what we get paid for. Not a big deal. So um, if you're not sure, ask for help. Saying yes to everything uh, the classic yes man. Um, it's uh, you know a good marketer or any good consultant is not going to agree with everything that you want and say or do. And so, in fact, some of the best ones are, are a total pain in the ass. Um, but that means they're really fighting to do what's right for you because that's why you hired them, right? If you hired them to just take orders, you're doing it wrong. All right. Um, now, that doesn't mean that they should be fighting you on every single thing every time you turn around. But if it's always yes, it's an old term. It probably has to do with the shooty finger snapping also, the yes men. All right. Not very politically correct. I don't know if it would be called the yes people now or the yes units. I don't know. But they're the yes men. Right. Bob, that's a fantastic idea. Mary, you're the smartest person we know. Let's do that. And here's here's this happens in the in the web development business a lot too, where uh, or any of the specialized vertical sub industries that are part of marketing. It could be SEO, it could be digital marketing, it could be whatever. Think of it this way: there's a saying, if your only tool is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? So imagine this: you've decided, in your infinite wisdom, uh, that a new website is going to solve all of your marketing problems, right? So what do you do? You call up web development companies and you tell them, hey, we need a new website, right? How many of those companies, now remember the web, web development company or digital agency, they like to call themselves digital agencies when actually they sell web development, right? Or they sell SEO, all right? So whatever it is they sell, how many do you think are gonna say, hold on, Mr. Prospect, do you mind if I ask you a few questions? How, 
what problem are you trying to solve? Are you sure that that's going to solve your problem? How many do you think? Let's say you ask four different companies. How many do you think? I'm going to say zero, right? What they're going to do instead, they're going to be like, that sounds like a fantastic idea, Mrs. Jones. Let's just write that up right now. That's a great idea. You know that website's just going to change your life, right? No, it's not. That's a yes man, okay? Now, it could be the right answer, right? But if they're not asking the questions and they're not considering the option, that maybe it's not the right answer. And usually it's not, by the way. Um, it's, it's a huge problem. Leads to a lot of heartache, disappointment. Uh, classic yes man. It's like they have a little, little, uh, little devil on one shoulder, a little angel on the other. Because these people know, you know, they know if it's going to solve their problem. And the little angel's like, hey, don't, don't take the money. It's not going to help this client. Don't take it. And the devil's like, take the money, you dumbass. Take it. Take it. Don't do it. It's wrong. I don't care. Take the money. All right. This is what goes on, right? And you want to avoid that. So, you know, if you're not getting any pushback, it should should cause you some pause. Uh, something to wonder about. Um, so saying yes to everything. Is it cooperation or is it being a yes man? Who knows? Uh, promising immediate results. Now, this is a little tougher, right? Promising immediate results. Hopefully, you know by now. <laughs> I know I've said it enough if you've been listening. Uh, it's kind of related to the yes man thing where they're going to tell you what you want to hear. Look, we're going to, we, this, you know, a prospect may say, look, we're going to need to see, we're going to spend a little bit of money or we're going to see if it works. And if it works, then we're going to spend more, right? And so that vendor is going to be tempted to promise, absolutely, you're going to see results in 30 days. You're going to see results right away. You're going to see results in two months, right? Doesn't work that way. Marketing takes time to work. And the reason nobody's going to tell you that is, again, they don't want to derail the sale. The sale is more important than solving the problem. And so by the time you figure out that actually the reality is it's going to take 90 days, it might take six months, actually depends on where you are in your marketing journey, right? If you're, if you're new to marketing, you're just starting out, it's going to take longer. And don't forget your sales cycle. How long is your sales cycle? Is it six months? Is it a year? Okay. That means you start marketing today, you might see revenue in six months or a year. Um, now, results, what does that mean? It could mean anything, right? It means that in, in three months, you know, if you've, what, what we like to do is agree on the key performance indicators. We can confidently say that within 90 days, you are going to see tangible results from our work, okay? 90 days. Now, even that's too long for a lot of clients. They want it right now. And so the industry's response to that is to make this promise that's completely unrealistic. Um, it takes time to work. And nobody wants to tell you that because they want your money. And so the other thing that you'll see with this, if they're promising immediate results or short-term results, is they're probably going to be using vanity metrics. Uh, and vanity metrics are things like um, calling clicks leads like somebody clicks and that's a lead you know no it's not it's just a click you know i click on a lot of things it doesn't mean i'm i'm buying uh you know that new bmw uh traffic uh you know your your overall traffic now is that is is it a clue that things are going in the right direction yes but by and of itself it is not uh, a valuable metric um I'm trying to think of some other ones 
oh, likes, shares, comments, followers, all these things, we call them vanity metrics because they don't really matter that much. Uh, you have to decide what really matters. Did they lower your uh, cost of acquisition? Did they increase the number of qualified leads uh, by a quantifiable amount? Did that did their work uh, in, in help you improve your close rate? Now remember, marketing people and marketing firms don't close deals. That's sales, right? There are very few companies that cross that barrier between uh, marketing and sales. We do, actually. Um, we don't go out and close sales for our clients, but we do consult on matters concerning sales because our job is to solve your problem, right? It, it, you know, if we, if we spot a problem with your sales process, we're going to bring that up because we're more like management consultants that focus on client acquisition more than we're marketing consultants. But marketing people usually stay in their lane. They don't close deals. So if they're making a lot of promises about revenue, um, it just doesn't work that way. Um, and most marketing folks really don't know anything about sales and ask your sales team and they'll tell you the same thing. Of course, if you ask your marketing team, they're going to tell you your salespeople don't know how to sell. Eh, you know, probably both right. Uh, but I think you got to take that into account. Sales cycle. Um, there's so many factors that impact the timetable as to when you're going to see a return on your investment. Because that's really what clients are usually looking for. They don't care if they got uh, 100,000 more likes. What they care about is did the register ring? Did they, did they hear the magic sound? There it is. Oh, I love that sound. Uh, now, how you measure that, I mean, every situation is unique. I think the important thing is to agree on what counts, what doesn't count, what are the key performance indicators that you're going to be looking at. Uh, one of our clients, we identified 28 KPIs, but we prioritized them. Which ones are the most important? One huge uh, KPI was that we reduced their uh, ad spend by 83% while we increased their conversion rate over a thousand percent. So essentially we were able to achieve that because they were just overpaying so much uh, for their for their set of keywords and their advertising um, that, that we just fixed it. I mean, that was it. And, and their website was way out of in left field. And so just by realigning it with what they actually did in their value proposition, we were able to show amazing jumps in a, in a very short period of time, just because previously it was so terrible. And so, but the real work starts once those things are in place, and then you're, you're dealing with humans, right? Humans are messy. The way they think is messy. They're hard to predict, right? Uh, the marketplace is chaotic. Uh, COVID, for example, has changed everything in the market. So if you're still doing what you were doing just three years ago, there's probably a good chance that you're missing your numbers. And let me plug this. Uh, coming up in uh, late September or early October, we're going to be doing a panel with some amazing people, and we're going to be talking about how the B2B buyer's behavior has changed post-COVID. Super important. We do not see a lot of people talking about this except for the large research tanks, McKinsey, uh, Gartner, Forrester, uh, Harvard Review. They're all talking about it, but when we talk to clients about it, they look at us like we're from outer space, right? But they're still wondering what, what's going on. How come we're not seeing the same opportunities? Because everything has changed except your marketing, okay? Uh, so we're going to watch for that panel, subscribe 
um, at b2bmarketingmindset.com. Where is it? There it is right there. Um, and then you'll get notifications of all the cool stuff that we're doing. Follow me on uh, LinkedIn, and uh, hopefully you'll see the uh, invitations to this panel. I think it's going to be either very low cost or free, um, and I'm really looking forward to it. I can't really announce who's on it. I'm really tempted to because they're amazing, uh, but we're going to make sure that we have everything lined up before we announce that. And uh, gosh, you know, uh, that's really that's really it. We're uh, we're uh, coming to the end of the episode here, and the reason I know that is because let me see if I hear it. Is it there? Oh man, it's not there. Where is it? Oh, well, we used to have music that played towards the end, but now I don't know what's going on. So there you go. Um, I think we have to go to the the end of the program to get the music. I don't know what's happening because I'm actually just we're half of our team isn't here today, but we're holding down the fort. And we appreciate you staying with us today. And we will see you next week, Thursday. And Bill Lowell will be back, uh, and we'll be talking about more B two B marketing. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the B two B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing, and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.